Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a verse-by-verse study through Ephesians, and in the previous message, I was in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2, where Paul said, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was explaining in the previous message that it can be easy for a person to kind of skip over this verse and continue to read because there is a lack of understanding within the Christian world about the grace of God and what the grace of God really means. Or there are differences concerning what that really means. I explained in the previous message that most people believe that God was gracious to us by giving to us his law, by giving to us his rules, his commandments, his principles for daily living, or just simply giving us an understanding of what is right and wrong so that we can do that which is good and obviously not do that which is evil. That to most people in the Christian world, I have discovered, their view of the grace of God is that God was gracious in giving to us a standard for right and wrong, the knowledge of good and evil, or what would be expressed in what is called the law, the law of God. And the law of God, as it was expressed through Moses, is certainly a very good representation of what God would define in terms of what is good and what is evil. And of course, during the ministry of the Lord Jesus, he was teaching the law because the law was the covenant that was in effect until after he died. And so when people will read through the scriptures, they read the words of Jesus, and it is easy for a person to make the assumption that he is teaching the new covenant, when in fact he really is teaching the old. He taught the old covenant in order to drive people to the point of recognizing that they would have no hope in having eternal life or a relationship with their God outside of his grace and mercy, which is what Paul is talking about. He's talking about his grace and, of course, his mercy. But when people then define the Christian life in terms of discovering what is right and wrong, good and evil, and we live in accordance with what is right and wrong and good and evil, when people say that that is what it means to be a Christian, and they enforce this belief by looking at the ministry of Jesus and looking at what he taught when he was conducting his ministry, then it's easy for people to fall into the trap of law to you instead of grace to you. The only way for a person to escape this trap that tends to be quite popular in the Christian world is to understand the implications of forgiveness. The forgiveness that was provided for us because of what Jesus did when he died on the cross for the sins of the world. It was then that forgiveness was made available to humanity, 
that God no longer held our sins against us. This is what opens the door to a new life in Christ Jesus. The new life in Christ Jesus, or living by the new covenant, has to do with living by the inheritance that we have received as a result of his death. And I introduced this a little bit in the previous message. There's going to be a lot more to say about this. As Paul refers to the inheritance that we have in Christ many times here in the book of Ephesians. But in order to understand and live by the inheritance, it is necessary for a person to rest in the complete forgiveness of sins first. When a person does not rest in the complete forgiveness of sins, then they will continue to live a life of law to you instead of grace to you, and they will never be able to live in the peace that God has established for us. And that's the other part here in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 2 that I would like to spend some time with, the idea that we have peace from God. Peace from God is a little bit more difficult to explain away than grace to you. Because grace to you, as I said, can easily be explained as God was gracious enough to give us his law or a new relationship based on our repentance and obedience. There are many ways to define that. But peace from God is a little bit more difficult for people to explain away because people can tell whether or not they have peace with God. Now, peace from God is only possible through forgiveness. Forgiveness is the foundation of the Christian faith. When Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world, he died on the cross for the sins of the world, which is another way of saying that the sin issue came to an end. It came to an end so that a new relationship could be established. But unfortunately, what most people are doing in their Christian lives is they are believing and promoting the idea that sin is still alive. And there are many creative ways that people keep sin alive, keep the issue alive. For example, they will say, okay, yeah, well, positionally, you have been forgiven. You have a position in heaven such that your sins are not really held against you anymore, positionally, but practically, they are. And when they say that, what they effectively mean is that God still holds your sins against you. They will say, well, maybe he doesn't when it comes to your salvation, but he still holds your sins against you here on earth, and you had better get your flesh under control, or he is going to intervene in your life, and he is going to cause great pain and suffering. He is going to hurt you. Just to give you an exaggerated example of how people will generally approach this. Now, there are many different reasons as to why people will want to keep sin alive. But those reasons always lead to one thing, and that is that you do not have peace with God. That is the end result. Now, I did do a series on the subject of forgiveness, and I'm not going to try to duplicate that series in these messages as I'm trying to stay focused on what Paul was writing to the Ephesians. But I'm confident that he spent a lot of time with the Ephesians about the subject of forgiveness before he wrote this letter. And so it's reasonable to assume that Paul expected that these people already had this issue settled. But since then, and even in this day and age today, 
the forgiveness issue remains an obstacle in people's lives and does keep them from growing to know their God and knowing the peace that our God has given to us. There are many reasons why people will do this. Some of these people may have only one reason in mind, or they may have many of them. For example, if God does not hold your sins against you anymore, then what incentive might you have to no longer sin? And so we have to make sure that you believe that he still holds your sins against you, because this is the incentive to keep you from sinning. And we don't want you to believe that God doesn't hold your sins against you anymore because you might just feel free to go out and sin like the devil knowing that God isn't going to hold it against you anymore. He doesn't hold our sins against us anymore so that we can go out and sin like the devil. He resolved the sin issue so that a new door could be opened so that we could have a different kind of relationship with our God so that we can experience growth and change and transformation through our relationship with him. But when people either don't understand what that relationship is or how it would reduce the sin in a person's life, when people don't understand that, they certainly are not going to go in that direction and they are going to want to keep the sin issue alive as an incentive to try to somehow get your flesh under control. Or if they do understand that, they may still not want you to know about the change and transformation that can occur through the grace of God and through the love of God. They are concerned that most people won't go in that direction, and so they won't tell you about it because of the risk that you're going to use these truths inappropriately and use them as an excuse to indulge your flesh. There are lots of other reasons, such as they don't want other people to be forgiven. And who those people are, it just depends on who you're talking to. It will depend on those people that they have an interest in. And they do not want those people, these other people, to be forgiven by God. Maybe those people violated them personally or something, and they just don't want those people to be forgiven. They want them to go to hell. This can be a personal issue that people struggle with. There is also the service that is offered by the church of being able to get your sins forgiven. You know, they got an altar you can come down to. You're going to need to come every week in order to get your sins forgiven, in order to keep your account with God up to date. And they need this facility to be paid for, and they need staff in order to provide these services for you, to be able to provide you with the means to obtain forgiveness in their sanctuary. It could be just as simple as that, that this is why they want to keep the sin issue alive. But no matter what the reasons are, the end result will still be the same. You do not have peace with God because your sin is interfering in his world. In this world, you are committing sin and you are a problem to God. There is a conflict that exists between you and your God and you had better do something to get this conflict resolved. And of course, the only way you're going to be able to do that is by learning the proper way to be a Christian, to learn the Christian way of life, to learn the principles for daily living, or however this may be packaged, it doesn't matter. It still ends up in the same 
way. It still ends up with the same teaching, and that is that God has a problem with you, you are in conflict with God, and whether you like it or not, your sin is interfering in his world and is causing disruptions and problems, and you are accountable for that, and you had better get right with God or you will not have any peace with him at all. This is the message that gets conveyed the most in the Christian world. Therefore, you need your church, you need your pastor, you need your leadership, you need your ceremonies, your sacraments, your sacrificial system, you need all of these things in order to get right with God. And it should only be a few more days before, again, you will have to get right with God. And that becomes the Christian life, the relentless pursuit of trying to get right with God continually. And so when will there ever be peace in your heart? When will there ever be peace from God? Only those brief moments after you get right with God through the sacrificial, the ceremonial, the sacramental system that you participate in that, of course, you need to pay for, you know, through your tithes and your offerings in order to keep the system going. You need this infrastructure in order to get right with God so that after you ask for forgiveness... Because, of course, you don't believe you've already been forgiven. When you ask for forgiveness in whatever way or through whatever mechanism you are participating in, then you will have that brief moment afterwards when you will feel a sense of peace from God. This is what people live for. It is then that you will have a sense of peace from God because you got right with God through your religious system that you are participating in. And you'll be good to go for maybe a few hours or a few days or maybe even a whole week, which is just fine, because you'll come back the next week and do it again and do it again. And this is why people will keep sin alive, because they feel good. You feel good when you have found a way to get right with God through what you do, through what you believe through the sacramental, sacrificial, and ceremonial system that you participate in. But this peace, because of the conflict that you have with God, this peace is not the kind of peace that God is talking about, that God has for you. This is a temporary kind of peace that you will experience through your delusion of what you have decided to believe that is inconsistent with what Jesus already did for you. The wages of sin is death. It's not apology. It's not some kind of ceremony or sacrifice or sacrament. It has nothing to do with that at all. The wages of sin is death. Sin is so evil. It is so horrific that it required the death of God himself in order to make the provision for there to be reconciliation and peace between you and your God. And anything else that you do or believe or participate in that pretends that that's really what's going to bring peace between you and your God is pure fantasy and God has nothing to do with that at all. And this leads me to the next type of peace that a person is never going to experience. First of all, you're not going to have peace with God because there is no resolution to the sin issue because people keep finding ways to teach things or believe things that contradict 
the complete forgiveness of sins, either through a distorted interpretation of some verse in the scriptures or just because people come up with a nice story talking about how they relate to their kids. No matter what it is, it's still going to have the same end result. The conflict between you and God is to never end. Now, in addition to this, there is another form of peace that you will never be able to experience, and that is the emptiness that has to do with the emptiness that exists within our hearts. We were created by our God to be loved by our God, to be accepted by our God. And when we are not resting in the love and the acceptance that he has for us, then we will not have a sense of peace in our hearts. So what do people tend to do with the emptiness that exists within them? The absence of the love of God, the absence of the acceptance of God. What do people do? Well, since most people do not have that with their God, the only alternative that they've got is the world. And what's in the world? Well, it's sin. It's engaging in relationships with other people that are inappropriate, that are dysfunctional, with hope that maybe they will love you. Maybe they will accept you. And they won't. They won't be able to do that because they struggle with the same emptiness within themselves. But when people do not have peace with God that we were designed to have, then we have no alternative but to try and obtain peace somewhere else. And there is a drive that exists within every person that directs us, that moves us, that drives us into the world trying to find relationships, trying to find things, trying to find activities, trying to find whatever, anything. And there is an abundance of stuff and people in the world that we can pursue some kind of experience with, with hope that through that we will experience some sense of peace in our hearts. And you know, there are some good things in this world. There are some wonderful, beautiful places to go, things to see, things to do that can make us feel good. I don't want to take that away. What I am saying is that there will always remain a sense of emptiness within our being because God created us in such a way that this emptiness will never be fulfilled until we are resting in a proper and correct and truthful and real relationship with our God. And this real relationship is only going to be possible when we rest in the complete forgiveness of sins. Otherwise, everything that we believe will be connected to the sin issue not being resolved. Therefore, we will never be truly accepted by our God We will never be truly loved by our God. There will always be something about us that he is ashamed of, that he is disgusted with. And the lack of love and the lack of acceptance will result in a lack of peace. If you want peace from God, if you want peace with God, you must begin with resolving the sin issue once and for all. And anything you believe that keeps that alive that keeps the issue of sin alive, is going to get in the way. You will not have peace with God until you rest in the complete forgiveness of sins. And so when people encounter a verse like this, the only thing that they can really do 
is skip over it. Skip over it or redefine it as something that they hope that they will obtain when they finally physically die. That that's when you're going to have peace from God. That's when you're going to have peace with God. When you go to heaven and you find out whether or not you really are going to spend eternity with him. And when you do, well, then that's when you get to experience peace. This is what most people settle on when they don't recognize that the complete forgiveness of sins makes it possible for us to experience peace in our hearts and in our lives right now and today. And we can continue to be at peace with our God and know this peace that he has for us until we physically die and know it even more afterwards. So if you don't understand what it means to have peace from God, then there are two things that will need to be dealt with. The first thing will be the obstacles, the things that you believe that are in the way. And at the same time, you are also going to have to grow in your understanding of the love and the acceptance that he has for you. And this is a part of the journey of walking in the faith, of living in the faith on a daily basis. This is something that you grow in, that you discover, that you experience a little bit at a time as you get rid of the barriers that are in the way and as you grow to understand the implications of what God has done for you because he no longer holds your sins against you. And these are things that I'm going to speak of as I go through the book of Ephesians verse by verse, a little bit at a time. If the peace from God is not something that you understand very well, as I go through this letter, you will understand it more and more. But it will be very much connected to your understanding of forgiveness. What you believe about the forgiveness of God, the forgiveness that has been given to you in Christ Jesus will definitely help you to understand the peace that he has given to you or it will be in the way of the peace that has been given to you. And so, as I mentioned before, I have produced a series on the subject of forgiveness and this series is available for free in the Living God Ministries radio archive. This is a very important subject and I do want to encourage you to listen to those programs that I have produced on the subject of forgiveness, it will make a big difference. Otherwise, it's easy for me to go through this study verse by verse, and there will be too many things that you simply will not be able to embrace, you will not be able to understand, because your view of forgiveness is not consistent with God's view on the subject of forgiveness. Consider verse 3 in the next program. I'm going to go into verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Well, if you believe that God holds your sins against you, then how are you going to embrace the blessings that he has already given to you? Because in general, what people believe is that God will not bless you If he holds your sins against you, if you have sin in your life, he is not going to bless you. And so how could it be that you have all the blessings in heavenly places in Christ? And I will explain this more in the next program.
You've been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80937. Or use the donation link on our website, livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Thank you, man.